Why Do We Sound So Good? Because we're at Dead Aunt Thelma's studio and Mike Moore is engineering for us. Thanks, Dead Aunt Thelma's. Thanks, Mike. Hi, everybody. I'm Susanna Mars, and welcome to Adventures in Artslandia. I'm talking to David Pay. He is the Artistic Director of Music on Main in Vancouver, B.C. Welcome, David. Thank you very much, Susanna. Yeah, it's a real pleasure to hear about your festival. Five days of an incredible array of music from all around the world. Yeah, thanks. It's, um, it's exciting. We, in Vancouver, we have at Music on Main a season where we have one-off concerts throughout the year, sometimes every week and such. But a festival, I think, is a really neat chance for audiences and artists just to dig in in a different way and kind of have this experience of music washing over them. Right, and the name of the festival is the Modulus Festival. And if you want more information about this festival, you can go online at www.musiconmain.ca. How did you become involved in arts programming, David? Well, I studied classical saxophone. Um, so I you know, played in bands in high school and took saxophone lessons and did an undergraduate here in Vancouver at the University of British Columbia and a master's at Indiana University in Bloomington. And throughout all of that, I think because classical saxophone isn't your most common thing, you know, mm. it's a little bit, the repertoire isn't as uh, rich or uh, as, um, as deep as some other instruments. Mm-hmm. So I was always interested in how you put things together and how you might borrow from other repertoires and looking at early music and new music and classical music and how do they butt up against each other. And then I think also playing an instrument that people obviously associate most deeply with jazz, um, but not really playing jazz so much. Just sort of looking at things from maybe a sideways point of view. So that I would play with my own programs and would mix things up uh, at university with my own programs and then continued along the arts administration path and, and really fell in love with getting music on stage and sharing it with an audience. So it was, it was mostly organic, but then I founded Music on Main. It was my sort of my choice to start this company and, and try programming things in what I thought was a fresh and new way. It's interesting, when I was reading about your work, I, I saw lots of intimate venues. Yeah, that's, you know, one thing that we don't associate with classical music all the time is being really up close with the musicians. Um, people often think about an opera or a symphony experience when you're in a large hall. But chamber music, as it's called, when there's just like one person per instrument, and it was written for small halls. It was written to be very close and intimate with the music making. Um, and so being in spaces where you can have a drink, where you can meet the musicians after, where you can get to know the other audience members, that's kind of at the core of Music on Main. I love that. I, it rem- reminds me of a Jane Austen movie, you know, where everyone gathers in the salon to listen to music. And I would venture that in those days, it was in order that people could feel in public, you know, which you really weren't allowed to do usually. Yeah. It's, it's nice to think of that. I haven't made that correlation about how we are how we behave in public and Mm. how we are allowed to feel in public. Mm -hmm. But there is a sense of citizenry, I think, that is at the core of why I do music on Maine. And it's this idea of of citizens being more connected to each other, that Mm. we don't all have to think the same. We don't all have to agree on the same things. We don't have to like the same music. But when we all come into a room to listen to it together and we kind of open our hearts and minds, have a drink, get to know each other, get to know the music... It's, um, it's a way for me to express this value that I have of, of an interconnected citizenry. 
Yeah, it's so interesting how music reflects all the personality traits of human beings. The idea of some people being more flexible, improvisatory, more structured, how the classical and modern, you know, kind of intertwine and pull apart and come together. Well, and I think it's a rare person who is singly faceted. Uh, do we say that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> multifaceted? Mm-hmm. You know, we all, we all have um, a really wide array of ways of thinking and feeling and, and the stuff that we like. Um, and, and so I think that, yeah, when there's, when there's a series where there's a festival that lets you explore those different sides and gives you a space where you can just feel really comfortable experiencing something new. How did you come to choose the various artists for the Modulus Festival? You must do quite a bit of traveling and exploring new artists. The festival, it's, you know, it's a combination of organic and then working to seek things out. The, the, the collaboration we have this year with the Huddersfield Contemporary Music Festival in the UK, it came about from years of having a great relationship with them, but specifically last year going to their festival and hearing Laura Bowler and the world premiere of her piece, FFF. And it's a this super hard-hitting piece that just looks at how we're being awful to each other online, really. Um, and I, I, I was super excited about this and immediately started talking both with the composer, Laura Bowler, who's a performer of the piece as well, um, and the artistic director of Huddersfield, um, called Graham McKenzie. And, you know, so that was a year ago, just hearing a piece that I got so excited about. And I thought, I, I need to find a way to invite Laura to come to Vancouver and share this piece with us. Mm. So I, tr- I get to travel a lot and listen to a lot of music around the world. Um, so that's how the collaboration with Huddersfield came up. And it was in that collaboration that Graham McKenzie recommended Richard Utley, the pianist who will be coming in and doing two shows with us at the Modulus Festival. I love um, one of the titles it, of one of his pieces, I Am a Strange Loop 5. Yeah, that, I Am a Strange Loop 5 by Michael Cutting, which was um, a commission from Huddersfield, and so that was one of the pieces that they were hoping that we would share here in Vancouver. Um, and Yeah, it's, a, it, it, it's sort of moments like that where you have been... I get, as I said, travel around the world listening to music, getting to know the colleagues whose programming I love, and then they make a suggestion, and you listen to it and think, yes, this is absolutely what I want to what I want to be sharing. Mm. Um, so the other concerts, Eva Goyen's solo for duet is a project she's worked on for a number of years now. It's a really huge project with film, set, um, a piano, disc clavier, live sound, costumes, lights. It's a, it's a really, really big production. And we've been talking about it for, I think, about three years. And so this is you know, finally the year that it's realized and that we're able to share it here. Um, a lot, even though Richard Utley, for instance, is new to us, I've known Laura Bowler for a while. Eva Goyen is you know, one of my favorite artists. There are these relationships where you have conversations with artists for sometimes a period of years. And you try to find a home for a project that they're excited about and that they want to share with audiences and that you think you can provide a good home for. So it's this combination of of conversations, um, relationships, and seeking out new things. I love the fact that you also incorporate a lot of free talks um, between the artists and the community. And I wondered what type of conversations are permeating artists' minds right now, things that come to you? You know, they're, they're... I think artists are a great barometer for what's happening and what's to come. Um, There are a few things on the social side. You know, there's a a sense of trying to express the tension that is happening 
around the world um, politically. And I don't mean that coming from any particular perspective. I mean that in an objective way about the, the distaste that people are choosing to express towards other um, po- politics that are other than their own. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're, we're at this moment where no longer are, no longer are you uh, sort of supposed to, as a citizen, listen to a opposing point of view and still care for each other as citizens. Like we're, we all, the far ends of both political spectrums are saying, you know, no, just dislike other people. Mm-hmm. And so I think that in, in music and in other arts, we're seeing this play out on stage with, um, with ideas that are sort of showing things that are diametrically opposed to each other conflicting. It's most obvious, I think, in, in FFF, the piece by Laura Bowler, but you see these, these other moments in, in other pieces of music as well. Um, there's, there's this other thing that's happening in contemporary music right now. So when I say contemporary music, I mean, if, if Mozart was writing today, what music would he be writing? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what are composers creating for acoustic instruments, but more and more with electronics? And there is so much more engagement with technology that has to you know, be plugged into electricity. So um, pieces like Nicole A's which one of the etudes is coming up, Lynch etudes, pardon me, where she looks at the oeuvre of famous filmmakers, mm-hmm. and in this case, David Lynch, um, and takes his films and manipulates them and glitches them and plays them back to us with um, a live uh, performance underneath. But it's not in sort of a, an accompanying a film kind of way. She's, she's sort of, in some ways, I think, being influenced by, well, for sure being influenced by technology and old technology that kind of melts down and stops working. Hmm. But also, I think it's expressing the sort of moment that we have right now of of short and quickly changing ideas coming at us constantly. Mm. So, yeah, there, I'm, I'm noticing a lot of people engaging technology and kind of screwing with the technology, making it a bit more challenging for us to see exactly what's happening with the technology. And I see a lot of people taking ideas and um, finding opposing musical ideas, throwing them against each other. Hmm. These conversations, do the audience get to participate in asking questions and such? Yeah, absolutely. We always open them up for that. But at the core of Music on Main, at, at Modulus Festival, we have these, what they're called awesome talks, these free talks. Um, which are moderated and conversations between the artists that then open up to, to questions from the artists or from mm-hmm. the audience, pardon mm-hmm. me. But there's always a chance. One, one of the things we really value at Music on Main is to break down that wall between artists and audience. So there's always a hang after the show. There's always a chance for anyone in the audience to meet the artists, to get to know them, to ask questions, to find out a little bit more, or even just to talk with each other and create a, a discourse, a kind of way of learning to talk about music with each other, with other audience members. Mm. So, so we, we try not, well, we, we try very hard <laughs> not to limit conversation to just, you know, formal talks. We, mm. um, we really try to encourage people to talk more about what they thought about the music, what they heard in the music, or ask questions um, after the concerts. I was curious if you could talk a little bit about the piece Walking in Beauty, a concert ritual, which features ensemble variance from France. Yeah, so Walking in Beauty is um, a concert that's created by the, um, the ensemble variance from Rouen, France. Their artistic leader, Thierry Pécou, is a composer, and he's also a conductor and a pianist. And he loves 
delving into other cultures and looking at kind of the universality of um, other cultures and how we can learn from each other. Hmm. We've been talking for about three years about this particular piece. When he first approached me to talk about it, um, he was he was wanting to learn more about Navajo culture. And as somebody who lives in Coast Salish territory, I was like, well, you, you, it's not permitted. Like, it's actually just not part of the protocol that you can just borrow these songs. You, you really need to to get to know the, the people, get to know the elders, and be given permission to reflect on these these healing songs. And he did that. He traveled to Navajo country and really um, got to know elders there, got to know the poet uh, Laura Tohi, who um, worked with them on this project and, and recited poems during the first iteration of it. Um, it's something that I think in North America we're rightfully cautious of of exploring other cultures when they're not our own. Um, but there's a Gallic sensibility of, I think, really embracing that universality. I don't think they're looking at it from a colonial perspective. Um, I think that they're looking at it as a, the world is large and we have so many things shared in common perspective, mm-hmm. which is really, I think, you know, it's a, a kind of a challenge right now in North America for us, and especially on the West Coast and um, and here in Coast Salish country, we're, we're, we're really aware that there, we've stolen so much culture, we haven't you know, borrowed it or reflected on it as much as either stolen it or obliterated it. So I'm, I'm kind of excited about this concert because he got permission from Navajo to work, um, to be inspired by these songs. But he also is programming a piece by Katerina Livlianich, who's an absolutely amazing singer mm-hmm. and composer. And she's looked at healing songs and ritual songs from the Dalmatian Islands in Croatia. And she's created a piece that, um, that explores these other, this other side of healing songs. So the concert itself, it's called a concert ritual because the performers perform in a kind of ritualized way. But the audience... The audience, I think, just gets to experience and listen to this and have it act as a kind of healing or as a balm to the stresses that we're under every day. Yeah, it's beautiful, an opportunity to acknowledge uh, a grateful heart for the cultures of the past that we haven't really considered what we've taken without permission, and it's a way to um, be with that. I think so, and I think, you know, for me, it's not... Uh, it wasn't easy to say yes to this project because it is um, a First Nations theme that's created by somebody who's not First Nations. But he really did dig in, and he, you know, with that open heart that you described, he really he dug in and he worked with Navajo people to learn about this and, and was given permission to use this. So it's been a really amazing process to watch and kind of opened my mind to different ways that we can have intercultural collaborations. Mm, it's beautiful. So I'm curious, uh, on a personal note, what's something that fascinates you personally? Uh, I would say so much fascinates me. I, mm. I, I love so many different aspects of my job musically, but I think one of the things I, I like the most is just this interaction with people. And I would say at present, I'm probably most fascinated by love. Mm. And I'm most fascinated by the kind of love that we can share for people we know and for people we don't know. Um, and this, I, I think that when we, 
when, when I look at the horrible things that are happening in the world and when I look at the glorious things that are happening in the world, it sort of, for me, comes down to fear and love. Mm-hmm. And when we can create a space, even, you know, even a classical music concert or a contemporary music concert where people feel that they can be their, their full and complete selves and that they are welcome and worthy and that um, we might have different ideas, we might have different levels of knowledge, but when we're valued and we feel that we're valued as human beings, I think that that's when we become our best selves. And I, so, yeah, so I'm really I'm fascinated by how we can create spaces where we're still rigorous, where we're still political, where we're still scientific, but where we can have love as kind of a, a, a platform on which every other principle is based. That's lovely. And when was the last time you experienced courage yourself or saw it in another? Courage. You know, I, I, I think there's so many different ways to, to express courage. And I, I think of aging and uh, as people get older and to continue a kind of bravery as the body changes and uh, sometimes as the mind changes, but to have a courage to stay engaged in the world, that even when it's harder physically to get out, even when it takes more work or, or you might be slower, to have this this courage to still be present and still be engaged. Mm. I'm really inspired by by older family and older friends who just, you know, continue on despite despite changes that are happening to their bodies and to their minds. And I find that really, really inspiring. Yeah, it's exciting too. As an artist, I would venture that many of your artists have feelings about those things because the physical demands of performance are definitely impacted by aging. And those are great conversations for people to navigate vulnerability and love in accepting one another for what we can really do. And, and understanding that, yes, we change and that that's, that's good and that's part of it. And, you know, we, we encourage young artists and we look for, as a society, we're, we're very excited about the new. Mm. And when people are at their pinnacle, which is usually in early and in, in middle age, you know, when they're at their absolute you know, peak of artistic creation, mm-hmm. um, we, we celebrate them beyond celebration. And then as we get used to them and as we get used to what they sound like and mm. as you know, they get a little bit older, we, we tend to forget them and we don't put the same emphasis on um, elders in the mm. arts the same um, emphasis on exploring, creating, and, and making space for their work. Mm-hmm. So, and the, the deepening yeah, I, that happens with your work as you get older, there's a very deep thing that happens, and it may not be as dramatic as new work in terms of, wow, that's new, but it's a deepening, which is such a beautiful thing for us to uh, go for in humanity. Absolutely, absolutely. And that deepening, that sort of different way of seeing the world, but also making space to to even just acknowledge that somebody is of equal value, mm. you know, no matter what their age. No, you know, we, as somebody who cares very much about equality, you know, I, I need to also care about creating um, a space where older people are treated equally. Yes. 
I'm so appreciative that you took time to talk to us about the Modulus Festival. It sounds incredible. Single tickets are from $20. There are student tickets from $10. You can do a pick four festival pack. You can choose any four concerts and get a 20% discount. And again, the festival begins on Friday, November 2nd through the 6th. And there's going to be lots more info at musiconmain.ca. So thank you, David, so much for joining us today. And all best with the wonderful festival that you are uh, putting up. Thank you so much, Susanna. Yeah, you're so welcome. Thanks for listening to Adventures in Artslandia. Download the Artslandia app on iTunes where you're going to find a comprehensive arts calendar that's the best in the West. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Artslandia.